At the third stroke, it will be time for the town hall tapes. Beep. 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 You are in for the ride of your life. Blimey! It's the town hall tapes once again. Daryl, um, can you hear me? I can hear you. Life, life in Catford today, uh, this evening. I can, I can see the, uh, I can see the, the towers of the Hither Green Rail Yard floodlights looking, uh, looking over me. So yeah, I, I know I'm safe here. Um, how are you, Jason? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm fine. It's always a pleasure to speak to somebody out in deepest Catford, which I thought only existed before in urban myth. That's going to lose us some listeners. No, it's, I can see green space and all sorts of things, and gardens, and, and yeah, well, there's a cemetery over there as well. It's all good. So we're going to rattle through this, the Town Hall Tapes, uh, which is our uh, random, hopefully weaker, weekly observations as to any news stories involving local authorities and a little bit wider that have caught our way. Um, I believe we have a running order. So what is lined up, please, for this um, number two of Town Hall Tapes? Uh, I believe we start off with, uh, with Lambeth Talk. Oh, Lord. It's Lambeth Life. It's Lambeth Life, isn't it? Yes. It's Lambeth Life, isn't it? Um, and then we were, we were talking about uh, the, the, the selections for uh, one for Lewisham Mayor and what are the other for, for uh, Greenwich Councillors. And I think there's some FOI shenanigans in Lambeth. And then um, a little bit of fundraising on, uh, on, on my behalf, I think. That sounds absolutely fantastic, and I'm sure it will satisfy the interests of our 10 listeners. Superb, this is, this is, yeah, as long as all ten are happy, I'm happy. This is the Town Hall Tapes. That's life, eh? Lambeth life, tell me about it. Lambeth life, oh lordy, as the famous Onion Bag blog headline used to go back in the day. So Mm. we've seen the re-emergence of Lambeth life. A bit of a backstory, we should try and... Yeah, what was Lambeth Life? Lambeth Life was the puff piece uh, fortnightly newspaper which Lambeth Council published, full of happy clappy, aren't we wonderful stories. Um, and our old friend, that nice Mr Eric Pickles, didn't like what was happening. He saw it as... Council crafter. Exactly. Uh, and Lambeth um, almost really played ball to this. I think, unlike your Greenwich pals... And so Lambeth Life um, um, was put out of its misery, and instead we have Lambeth Talk, which is the monthly magazine format, which gets around uh, rather conveniently the idea of a, of a town hall propaganda sheets. But mm-hmm. Lambeth Life, there is life in the old dog yet, as the name Second suggests. Second Life. So it's a bit confusing. So it is a new publication with a new publisher. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe no formal connections with Lambeth Council or Lambeth Labour. Of course not. Published by a chap called Ibrahim Dokus. It's Dokus, isn't it? The Kebab King of London, as I understand it. Yeah, he's behind the Kebab Awards. And I think for transparency, we need to also say that the publisher of Lambeth Life was the Labour parliamentary candidate for uh, cities of London and Westminster constituency. And good luck with that one, comrade. Hmm. So we've got um, a physical uh, newspaper being delivered to, 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 to properties, mainly in the north of the borough. It's reached me down as far as Stockwell, but it's really got Waterloo as its epicentre. And to be fair, it's half decent. These wouldn't be areas where the Liberal Democrats might have a chance of getting back in, would they? Oh, Daryl, I didn't think of that. You, you, you shatter my illusions for this wonderful new publication. Oh, but tell me, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it so this paper's actually not bad? 
Well, it leads with uh, Clinton is coming to Lambeth. and uh, Bill? Well, I was let down on two fronts. I was thinking, oh, Bill was going to come to Stockholm Community, yeah. Community Resource Centre. But sadly, yeah. it's Hillary at the Royal Festival Hall, and it will cost you an absolute fortune to go and see her speak. Oh. Is she sharing tips on how to win elections? Uh, I don't think that's going to be on her lectern, no. It could be a bit of oh, a, de- a deviation on that theme. I'd uh, save my money then. But also in, in a Lambert life, there's, I thought it was quite a decent piece on the Garden Bridge. No great detail. Mm-hmm. Um, you can read better versions elsewhere, but it was a fairly objective uh, timeline as to how the whole project really just collapsed. Uh, there was a large piece on the proposed Waterloo regeneration around the IMAX island, um, which was kind of an okay until I got to the sentence which read, um, the impression has become widespread that TfL only listens to cyclists. Hmm. Yeah, which I thought was a bit skewed. Um, elsewhere, the content is very much foodie-based. So if you are a Waterloo foodie, you're in for a bit of a uh, Lambeth Life wet dream. And a name appeared underneath one of the bylines. I thought, hey, hang on, that's familiar. And it seems, Daryl, that the Lambeth Life esteemed food correspondent is none other than John Whelan, who is an ex-conservative Lambeth leader. Ah, well, it's good to see that he's found a, he's had a new career, I guess, in, the, in dining out. Yeah. Um, I think, in all honesty, Lambeth Life uh, reincarnated is doing a far better job than the original Lambeth Council Lambeth Life. There are a few uh, concerns, I think, that content has been shipped out, and so Councillor Sonia Winifred, who is a cabinet member, has got a whole big puff piece on the Heritage Festival, on the Heritage uh-huh. Trail. Um, but at least you know that you're not having something which has got direct links with the town hall. Competition is healthy. Let's just say that Lambeth Life, of course, is up against our friend SE1, and again, uh-huh. very good luck with that. Uh, and I guess there's not a lot in there that SE1 doesn't know about. Yeah, and a final thought really, I guess the real test will become election time, which is in May 2018, and we'll see just really how objective our kebab friend is. <laughs> yeah, we'll look, we'll look forward to filling Frank profiles of the candidates as I come along. Sounds tasty. Mm-hmm. This is the Town Hall Tapes. So, Daryl, speaking of <clears throat> local elections come May 2018, what news comes uh, our way from your side of South East London? Well, well, well isn't it where well, the, uh, the, the real thing is actually more about internal elections in September 2017? Um, uh, this week just gone, seen uh, Labour Party in Lewisham publicly pick its uh, uh, candidate to be the elected mayor of Lewisham, uh, which who will contest the seat for them in uh, May 2018. Uh, and pretty much is red hot favourite to win, bearing around the voting voting uh, habits round here. And um, the lucky guy is Damien Egan. He's uh, young. He's keen. He's he seems kind of sort of pretty straightforward, straight down the line, mainstream Labour, whatever that is these days. Who knows? Um, he's not a, a, any any kind of kebab king, is he? As far as I know, no. They uh, they did have a, they did have a celebration party on Friday night in a in a pub in Catford. I know that, but I don't know if any kebabs are involved there. Um, so yeah, and Damien was um, up against his main rival was uh, a guy called Paul Bell, who was backed by uh, by Momentum. Um, but uh, in the end, there wasn't actually really that much of a contest. Uh, Damien overall won by um, fourteen hundred thirty four votes to nine hundred eleven, uh, when all the votes from the other candidates were taken into account. 
Um, but the interesting thing with it was that um, it was it was quite an open public contest. There's a lot of people there, you know, discussing this is what we think Labour should be about in Lewisham, and and, and you know, it, it kind of you know, anchored the supporters around Labour values, or perhaps try to figure out what Labour values are. Um, and this in contrast to what's happened over in Greenwich, in my patch, where uh, uh, Labour has also been picking their um, uh, candidates for councillors uh, in the uh, in the next election. Greenwich has a more traditional leader and cabinet model. So, uh, mm. so in the end, uh, after next May, only a, a handful of councillors will have a, a chance to select the leader. Um, but the interesting thing there is that four long-serving councillors have been given the given the shove. Um, one of them actually includes my local councillor, a guy called Alan McCarthy, who has been around so long. He came first came into the council as an alderman. Um, which was this kind of very old position where you were co-opted onto the council. Um, mm. As a, it was, became an order in the 70s, then actually won a proper seat in 1976 and um, came off for a few years, came back, and now has been uh, given the shaft. And actually all four uh, candidates that have been given the shaft are actually uh, former mayors of the bar, which has upset some people. Um, and is, is there anything, can we read anything into this um, as much as uh, Labour purges, or is there something a bit, bit more local taking place in Greenwich? It's a bit more local. It's basically a lot of stuff. There's not really so much discussion in Greenwich about you know, what kind of vision for the borough we want, because so much of it is actually about personality politics. It's, it's you know, a lot of them just hate each other, frankly. So there's been a lot of squabbling, a lot of fighting. Um, but now it's, it, it's sort of set. And there's a lot of people very unhappy with the way Greenwich Council is run, um, not just in, you know, in, inside the party, but... Uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the rousing chant, for example, have been about uh, a skate park that was that was pretty much imposed on on local people there and the local party, uh, which, uh, which they are unhappy about. Um, and that's actually, I think, indirectly led to a couple of councillors there getting getting moved on. Um, and maybe so, yeah, so it's, it's a possible personal comment as well. So, um, what are we? Are we a couple of years down the line since your dear leader departed? What is the current state then of the local Greenwich Labour Party? Is it still very much a top-down existence with one person putting their values on, or has it become a bit more open and transparent? It's still very much top-down. I think the, the the issue really is kind of the control over the over the party. And I think very much the power behind the throne now is the MP for Elton, Clive Efforts, who's been making his presence felt, not just in Elton, but also rather cheaply in seats in Greenwich and Woolwich. Um, because uh, I mean, Efford's very close to the current leader, he's very close to the current deputy leader, and does seem to be steering things a little bit from behind the scenes, which has upset a lot of people. So that's that's the state of it, really. So once it was you know one man one man controlling it, now it's yeah you know, very openly now it's there's a bit of backseat driving going on, and uh, yeah, it's the the fight is going to carry on over the next few months, I think. And then briefly, finally, predictions: uh, Will the council stay Labour? Without a doubt. The interesting thing is just uh, whether they'll uh, increase the number of seats or not, and I think they will. You lucky person. <laughs> this is the Town Hall Tapes. The Lambeth People's Audit, Jason. Tell me more. Yeah, the Lambeth, the Lambeth People's Audit. So this is a group of uh, 10 Lambeth residents who used legislation where you can inspect the town hall finances over a 30-day mm. window each year. Mm. And they went in and detailed uh, 
fairly widespread financial mismanagement at Lambeth Town Hall. Uh, the response from Lambeth Council upon the Labour group initially was to shut up shop. Um, they had a wall of silence. And then they went on the attack in quite a big way with a press release. Um, and now it seems that outside of the spin and all the smearing, actually moves are taking place within Lambeth Town Hall to try and to try and strangulate and to try and restrict the people's audience vote from doing something similar. And so what normally is the most dullest council committee, the corporate committee, uh, mm. the, the papers, the agenda papers appeared this week for the next meeting. Um, and it seems that Lambeth Council is going to be lobbying Westminster uh, to try and change the way in which residents can actually ask questions about how their councils are spending money. Get that with that. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the uh, um, um, corporate committee claimed, well, Lambeth Labour claimed that um, the 172 questions which the People's Audit put to them cost £12,176, of which mm. the response really must be that if you weren't uh, so secretive, if you were more transparent, these questions wouldn't need coming. Uh, and the quote is that uh, Lambeth Council wants to take forward discussions with central government regarding reviewing legislation. And we already know that the Director of Finance wrote to the National Audit Office last month asking for review. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how well it'll be, it will be received having a Labour Council writing to uh, a Tory government saying, oh, help, help, those nasty residents are asking questions as to how we're spending money. I suspect they're onto a sticky wicket here because the, the legislation was changed recently to actually broaden people's rights. So originally you were able to, you were only able to inspect accounts if you were a resident of that particular area. Uh, but it's changed this year, so actually anyone could go in. So, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I, I could have the right to inspect Greenwich, but now I could come out to Lewis, I could come out to Lambeth and uh, have a look through the books there. We, I mean, we did a little bit. I mean, it means unless we had a, a, a little stab at this ourselves, but the, um, the the obstacles thrown in the way if you actually do try and exercise this right. Uh, a, 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 a huge. Um, I think partly because it's, it's logistical, so a lot of the paper records are probably stored off site they've got to get them and whatever but um but yeah a, a, a lot you know a lot of councils whatever it, it seems that they're, they're not set up for transparency and um yeah and that's a little that way looking too closely at things hmm. and also connected towards this so in the same corporate committee report there's an information about or an update on lambeth council's um foi freedom of information requests hmm. performances in the past for the 2015-16 year and there was 2,206 FOIs that were made, a 5% increase on the previous year. Uh, I think that can be explained in terms of uh, Lambeth Living, the failed um, arm's length management organisation yeah. taken in-house. So any housing FOIs were then uh, uh, transferred to Lambeth Council itself. Okay. What surprised me is this target, this idea of meeting FOI requests within 20 days, Lambeth Council sets its own target of 85%. So if they mm. reach 85% of that 20-day period, it's thought a success period. But even then, of that 85% target, only 76% of that was met. So they're quite really way behind in what they should be delivering. And this led to the, the Information Commissioner monitoring Lambeth Council between January and March of this year. On the naughty step. Yeah, and again, for me, it is just the idea of be more transparent. 
people make these FOI requests, um, apart from obviously uh, um, um, scurrilous journalists trying to get news stories, people make these requests because they because uh, that information is not publicly available. If it was shared, you you would probably you know wipe out many many of those needs to actually put the FOIs in. Yeah, no, transparency is a good is a good thing, and uh, it sounds very glib, but uh, yeah, there should be more of it. We should put transparency on the end of these podcasts. Yes, transparency. My name's Dave. This is the Town Hall Tapes. Yeah, finally, Daryl, last time we spoke, uh, you, you teased with plans for your wonderful 853 blog. How, how has the past week been? What's been happening? It's been a big week because um, this week I launched a Patreon. Um, I've been fundraising. Um, there's a number of reasons why I'm doing this. Um, partly because, really, quite frankly, I can't really afford to keep doing this um, for free, um, to be perfectly frank. Um, I mean, I've been doing sort of bits of news and issues and whatever in Greenwich and, and beyond for for about seven years now, uh, and, and pulled into good stories, well, I think they're good stories, and, uh, and, 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 and beaten the existing local press, which has faded and faded and faded over time. Um, and, I, yeah, I want to keep this going. I want to keep doing this. And also that there is no investigative journalism in, in, in this part of South East London, um, that, that stretches solutions well. Um, so I, I really just have a stab at keep doing this and maybe try and broaden the scope of it into some areas that I haven't done before, some sort of subject areas that I, you know, I haven't really looked at. So I thought, well, let's see if any people want to, want to pay for this. So uh, on uh, Tuesday, I launched a, a Patreon page, which is a, it's a US site. Uh, you can ask people to fund you a little bit every month. And I, I've set it at... Um, I mean, you can pay, you can set it for less, but um, mm. I've, I've set the level around half an hour London living wage. That's just under very reasonable. A month. Yeah, and, um, and luckily, happily, I've got 51 people have been uh, wow. kind enough to, uh, to, 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 to give me some money. Um, That's fantastic. So the moment, it's amazing. It's, I'm, I'm really bowled over by it. So at the moment, it's on... $433, which I think works out at about £340, I think, um, which is lovely because it means I can probably, at the moment, it means I can spend, um, yeah, yeah the half a week, best, three, best part of a week now, uh, working on the sites, which, yeah, it's, it's really good. It means that I can get along to, you know, some more bits of counsel and get in. You know, just spend some more time just doing some actually proper research into things. So it's it's lovely. I, I want to write some more, get some more going. I've got a couple of people on board who are going to write extra things for me, which is lovely of them as well. Um, so so yeah, so the site's going to sort of broaden out a little bit. I hope over the next few months, and it's all down to some people have been really kind enough to uh, to to pay me some money. Yeah, what I think I really do love about this this model is that these fifty odd people or so, um, they're making a commitment, and so I think it's it's very kind of good for you as, as, as a journalist wanting to investigate stuff. It's showing that uh, your work is valued. Obviously, you know, we're not talking widespread mass money coming in. Um, mm. And I imagine also it's going to motivate you. Well, now you need to deliver because people are paying for something and uh, yeah, you've got to come up with the goods. 
Yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is this is the on a, the, on a Tuesday night or on a Wednesday night. I could, I could go down to the council or no, I can't be bothered. Actually, now I have a reason to undo this. I'm, you know, that people are, are kind of to pay me to do it. So, uh, so yeah, there is now an obligation on me to deliver this kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it's motivation and it's you know it's it, it, it's great. And I, I I wonder if you know it's. I don't think anyone in, in, in Britain's really doing this for a, a local model. There is the Bristol Cable, which is a co-op, which is a, a, a group of people. And I think they've got a, a couple of thousand people who are um, um, more than that, I think. They've got a few thousand that are, that are starting up a little bit a month to fund them. Um, I don't think anyone's doing it for themselves you know, as, as one-person enterprises. So, you know, hopefully that, uh, you know, this, this sets something that other people can, uh, can, can look at and do for themselves. Yeah, okay. Well, good luck with that. And maybe we should also put in a disclaimer. Uh, we are on Town Hall Tapes number two. We are a long, long way off before the Town Hall Tapes Patreon button appears, <laughs> if it ever does appear. Uh, Daryl, always a pleasure. Let's wind up. So please remind people, where can they find you online, on Twitter? Where is your website? Uh, I'm at 853london.com. I am on Twitter at Daryl1974, D-A-R-R-Y-L-1974. Okay, and I'm Jason. You can find me on Twitter, Jason underscore Cobb, uh, blogging mainly these days at brixtonbuzz.com. Wonderful. We got there. Thank you. Excellent. Cheerio. Have a lovely evening. You have been listening to the Town Hall Tapes. Chin chin. <laughs>